This is exactly right. Welcome to my favorite murder, the minisode. Hi, mysteries, mysteries and histories. I do. <laughs> you know that that podcast, mysteries and histories. It's this one. <laughs> we just renamed the minisode. Actually, that's not bad. It's kind of good. Do you have a mystery or a history that you want to read? I think I have both. Let's do it. Let's get. Let's jump in. <laughs> do you want me to start? Yeah. Tell me a mystery or history. Check out this mystery history. Okay. The subject line is, my dad's career as a bookie and professional gambler. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it's an inverted mystery, which is a declaration of the truth. Oh. Hey, y'all. This takes place 40 miles south of Boston in the 1960s through 2011. My dad, and then in parentheses, it says stepdad. Aww. I love that. Yeah. Was a real stand-up guy. He married my mom in 1967 when I was four. My sperm donor father wanted nothing to do with my mom and I. And then in parentheses, it says, loser. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. In 1975, when I was 12 and in school, we were all to write a paper about what our dads did for a living. So at home, I asked questions and was told by my mom, your dad is an accountant, which was boring. So he was not picked to talk to our class on career day. <laughs> At our house, once a week, his friend Joey dropped off a money-sized brick wrapped up with an elastic in a brown lunch bag. <laughs> and Joey would tell me, leave this on your dad's desk. I can't I can't really do a Boston accent. Yeah. Have, or what, like a mobster's accent? Leave, hey, leave this. Leave this. You want to do it? You got it. No, you had it. Leave this on your dad's desk. There you go. <laughs> but that was, what's dad's? I don't know why I put that spice on it. Mm-hmm. Can you just try a Boston accent real quick? Hey, leave this on your... <laughs> Dad's desk. That's my own <laughs> accent. I can't do that. That was that was Irvine all the way. <laughs> How would Ben Affleck do it? Think of it that way. I don't know. At the time, I never questioned it. During football season and other sporting events, my dad would have to, in quotes, do the phone in his office, no matter if it was Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, you name it. Dad, in quotes, doing the phone was a priority. We also went to the dog track. And then in parentheses, it says greyhound racing Hmm. on a daily basis. I woke up. (laughs) Yeah, they're just living at the dog track. Jesus. You know how accountants do? Yeah, right. This is my favorite sentence maybe of any hometown we've ever gotten. I woke up one night to my parents screaming with delight as my father threw handfuls upon handfuls of cash in the (gasps) air. And then in parentheses, it says, like money booth. (laughs) (laughs) My mother always had a new car, while my dad always drove an older used car and us kids never wanted for anything. Wow. For my mom's birthday one year, there was literally a new car in our driveway with a giant red bow on the roof. Oh. Mm. He was a really good man. In 69, my younger sister was born with profound physical and mental disabilities and required a lot of care. When other men might flee, he was always there. Family always came first. He often cooked dinner to help my mom, and we always ate as a family. Mm. He died in 2011 after fighting aggressive lung cancer. At his funeral, his friend Joey told me that my dad and he were, quote, once at a meeting with Whitey Bulger and Associates. (laughs) 
My mom showed me copies of his tax returns and his listed occupation really was professional gambler. Wow. I also have a younger brother who has an even more colorful and illegal career, but that's a story for another time. (laughs) (laughs) Georgia and Karen, I've been a fan since the beginning. Thank you for being our strong voice when it comes to mental illness, women's issues, and representing those who often go overlooked. Respectfully, Kim. Kim, thank you. Kim, we kicked it off with a fucking... A salute to Kim's dad. Yeah. She didn't say his name. Stepdad is his name. But best dad. Best yeah. bookie dad. Love I it. Mean, come on. Great job. This is called, I will never give up on the story, so you might as well give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it just starts, it's 2023. Who the fuck on earth has a witty greeting left in the tank? <laughs> this is a meet cute slash coincidence story. Let's get into it. The year, 1970-fucking-2. The place, Santa Cruz, California. The specific location, an outpatient group home for children on the autism spectrum. I know, not necessarily a storybook setting for love, but just wait. Mm. My mom, Nancy, was a recent college graduate. She was about to start her first real adult job at this clinic where she had volunteered during college, except for the one semester when she'd studied abroad. She also had a friend, let's call her Kathy, who kept bugging my mom to come see her boyfriend's band play. My mom, having sat through more than her fill of long nights of mandatory listening to mediocre dude bands. (laughs) Hi, what's up? Hi, lived it. Been there. Always made an excuse not to go. Cut to my dad, Gary, also a recent graduate of the same college. Uh, As it sometimes happens, my dad was struggling to find his path in life. And then in all caps, says, sing it, dad. (laughs) He was still in a mediumly happy long-distance relationship with his high school sweetheart, Connie. And then it says, notice I'm using all the names per your request. Yes. Who lived in Denver. His gut told him that it was time to end the relationship and move on. He felt that his heart was in California and he wanted to stay. But after searching for work unsuccessfully all summer, his practical mind told him his only real option was to get real, cut his losses, move to Denver, and find a mediumly happy job and marry Connie. Mm. So subtle. (laughs) My dad literally packed up his entire apartment through a raging going away party for himself where his band played. See where I'm going with this? Yes. Uh And said his goodbyes. The morning came for him to leave and he loaded up his car to get on the road to his new life in Denver. He was fighting back tears as he got ready to go that morning and later said that every bone in his body told him he was supposed to stay, but he didn't know how to make that work. On his drive towards the highway, he decided to make one last stop and say goodbye to the beach, a place he loved and spent a lot of time. After shedding a few tears, he was trudging back up the hill towards his car when he spotted a payphone. Suddenly, it occurred to him that he should call his old boss from the great college internship he'd had one semester just to say goodbye and thank you. He thought to himself, if I have a dime in my pocket, and then it says, yes, it literally cost one dime to make a phone call in 1972, what (laughs) even is time? Then I'll call her. He reached into his pocket and found one dime, so he called. His boss, Joyce, happened to pick up a minor miracle in and of itself in those days of no cell phones or answering machines. (laughs) She was thrilled to hear from my dad. She said she'd been trying to contact him for weeks, but but hadn't been able to get a hold of him. My dad didn't have a phone at his apartment. The 70s sound like a real confusing time. (laughs) (laughs) It was just, there was a lot less communication. Yeah. And I have to say, I, I don't know if it was worse or better. It's hard to say. I agree. Like, we should have just stopped at the little cassette fucking, um, what's it called? Answering machine. machine? Answering machine. Yeah. Yeah. 
Should have stopped there. Technology. Yep. Uh, she was hoping that he'd consider accepting the new job that had just opened up because he'd done such a great job during his internship. Fuck. Even though his car was packed up with all of his belongings, he'd moved out of his apartment and his girlfriend was waiting for him in Denver. My dad gratefully blurted out, yes. <laughs> Poor Denise. Was it Denise? Connie. 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 Poor Connie. You guessed it. The job was at the autistic clinic where my mom worked. Although my parents went to the same school and knew many of the same people they'd never managed to meet. My mom was studying abroad the one semester when my dad worked at her clinic. And it turned out that he was also in the band that she stubbornly, and then it says (laughs) wisely, refused to go see. But finally, fate stepped in and brought them together. She had all these chances to meet and it didn't happen. Wow. And like last fucking string of his teeth. Stayed. And like, he's on the beat. Okay. It's yeah. just, I love this crazy. And also, it's like, trust your gut. Like, yes. Yes. Good Lord. On my dad's first day of work, he was assigned to shadow my mom. They had a tough day working with the kids. And at the end of the day, my dad gave my mom a huge hug and a grateful thank you. My mom says she somehow instantly knew in that moment that she'd found her person. Mm. Many decades of a loving marriage and two kids and two grandkids later, I'd say that's true. My parents' devotion to each other has been an incredible demonstration for me and my sister of what it means to be kind, patient, and brave. And as my dad always says, it was all because he had a dime in his pocket. Oh, Bittersweet update, because obviously I've written this in before with no luck. After a brutal 20-year battle with Parkinson's disease, my dad passed away in June of 2020, literally on Father's Day, just as an extra fuck you from the universe. Mm. We miss him dearly every day, full stop, but slash and, he and my mom were devoted to each other until the end. The memory of my dad's courageous choice to follow his instincts inspires me every day, and I try to be as brave and open as he was in that moment. Stay sexy and always carry lots of spare change. Corrine, (laughs) she, her. Corrine. (laughs) Always carry lots of spare change for machines that literally don't exist anymore. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Oh, Corrine, you're so lucky to have parents that found each other and were in love the entire time they were married. Absolutely. Devoted to each other? Well, as a person who actually did have parents who loved each other very much the whole time, it's a very lucky thing. And also, well, it's just a very rare thing. It's hard. It is. I know they didn't love each other every single day the same way. (laughs) (laughs) But then they'd talk about it and make jokes about how, you know. They were a good example of how how to stick through it. Yeah. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. 
Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Well, you know what? I'm switching mine then because I picked a different one, but now I think I need to read this one. Okay. Okay. And the subject line is all the things you like and the hooray you need. And it just starts, hi, wonderfuls. Hmm. (laughs) Longtime listener, first time caller. Figured we all needed to hear some about some happiness right about now. You asked for coincidences. So here you go. What's funny is we don't know when this email came in, (laughs) but it always applies in this fucking world we live in right now. (sighs) Thank God for Gen Z. Mm. Okay. Back in 2011, my boyfriend and I moved up to New York from Georgia. Georgia. Hey. We were together for four years, but we were young and I wanted to be free and drink my way through all of NYC. (laughs) So we broke up when he went to medical school. For eight years, I partied and online dated through the wealth of NYC men. And then Mm. in parentheses, it says, as terrible as you can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) And we only kept in contact here and there via short texts. Fast forward to 2021. So it's 10 years later. Mm. And I was walking down the street wearing my ex-boyfriend's Iron Maiden t-shirt from a concert we went to together. And I just decided to become sober. After my mother ended up in the hospital for about the third time from majorly injuring herself from drinking, Mm -hmm. and I had a terrible fight with my family, I needed someone to talk to. I needed someone that knew me from my Georgia life and someone that knew me from my New York life. And there he was walking towards me, (gasps) my ex-boyfriend from eight years ago, and I was wearing his t-shirt. Oh! Not only that, but he and his new girlfriend had just moved across the street. (laughs) He was now my neighbor. I was even friends with his super. I cried as I realized that I had strangely been asking for this. And then in parentheses, it says, even though I was looking like shit. (laughs) 
We started hanging out on the weekends and he greatly supported me during my early days of sobriety, going to dinners, art museums, and showing me once again that I could have fun without substances. No, I did not become the other girl, but I was there for him right when things got particularly ugly with the new girlfriend. We now like to say that we came into each other's lives right when we needed it and have been dating again for about a year. SSDGM and be careful what you wish for. (laughs) And then a parenthesis that says, or just keep all of your ex's things. Jackie, she, her. Oh, fake. Right? Yeah. I I like that we can share for her because she didn't break up another person's relationship that broke up on its own. So it's fine. That's right. And it's hard because I think there are those bonds. Like that is obviously always a challenge where it's like when someone has a serious bond and it's like an old girlfriend, a first girlfriend, that kind of thing. Totally. Like you knew me. You're the only person who knew me from that life before this one, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Okay. This is called The First Time I Hitchhiked. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. Hello, all. I would go on and on, but let's just say you all are amazing and I love you. Now buckle up. Nothing to do with murder, but it's a great story anyway. It was the summer of 1996 and I had just graduated from high school. I grew up in a little bitty town in Wyoming that was just over the border from Utah. Now, when I say small town, I mean small. The closest place to shop or eat at a restaurant that was not fast food is a 63-mile drive to Park City, Utah. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) And between my town and Park City, there is almost nothing, just the great wide open. It was late July. My best friend, let's call her Emily, and I decided to ride down to Park City to do a little shopping. Emily was driving. She had an adorable Honda CRX, and we felt so grown up going on this excursion without our parents. We spent the day shopping in the outlet mall and grabbed a quick bite to eat before heading back towards Wyoming. As we cruised along the I-80... No, it just says I-80, but I'm from California. As we cruise (laughs) along I-80, we had the windows rolled down and music blasting, sun shining, and feeling so free without a care in the world. About 20 miles out of Park City, the car suddenly dies. We floated over to the shoulder of the road and parked. It's that moment when you're trying to brainstorm what could be wrong with your car, but you know that you had no idea. I suddenly wish that we had my mom with us. Oh, sweet baby angel. Now, this is before cell phones, and even if there were cell phones, I doubt they would have worked in this area even today. We debated what to do next. We could wait in the car until um, we didn't know what. We could start walking to the next exit that had a gas station about five miles down the road. That seemed like the best option. We put on the hazard lights and got out and started walking. It's late July and extremely hot. We had walked for about a mile when an older man pulled over in an even older car. He asked us if we wanted a ride. Now, don't judge. We were young and naive. It was the 90s. We were really overheating from the sun. We were pretty scared about walking on the shoulder of a very busy freeway. There were a lot of things racing through my mind, but my main thought was that I was supposed to be home soon and my mother wouldn't know where I was. Yes, even as an 18-year-old, I was more concerned about being late and getting in trouble than getting in a car with a total stranger. Sorry, but just just the heat alone, I would have gotten into that car. Absolutely. I'm not good at heat. Yeah, walking in the sun, like knowing you're like, oh, we got five miles ahead of us, that I would have, oh. You can feel the heat of the asphalt through your shoes. Like that just, oh. The sunburn would have started immediately on me. Because you know they're not wearing SPF. It's the 90s. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So we get in. Emily and I were terrified visibly. We sat together in the front bucket seat sharing a seatbelt. We thought that would be safer. 
crying. <laughs> this man didn't say a word about us sharing a seat or our crying. He just <laughs> drove us down the freeway to the next exit and pulled into a gas station parking lot. We got out, visibly relieved, and said thank you. He said it was no problem, but then he said, you girls should not be getting into cars with strangers. <laughs> That could have turned out differently. <laughs> and then he drove away. <laughs> and that man was Ted Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Emily and I were shaken, but feeling pretty good that we had survived. We entered the gas station to call her dad. We found the payphone. Oh, the 90s. Scraped together <laughs> enough change from our wallets and made a long distance call to her dad's office. We explained the situation. Her dad said he would call a tow truck to pick us up and we would go get the car. He would start on his way from Wyoming and meet us at the gas station after we got the car. Okay. When the tow truck arrived, we got in with the driver. Again, no thought to this being a stranger who could now take us anywhere. Oh, the innocence. We chatted with the driver and started to explain where the car had broken down. As we approached the area of the car, I told him, it's just past that bridge. And he replied, where all the fire trucks are? As he slowed down on the opposite side of the freeway, we saw two fire trucks, two ambulances, and at least three highway patrol cars in the area around her car. The tow truck driver crossed over the median to the side of the freeway with Emily's car and approached the emergency vehicles. When we exited the truck, an officer asked what we were doing, and Emily said, where's my car? As we looked, we saw Emily's car smashed to pieces in a gully about 100 feet off the road. Oh, fuck. There was a second car that had obviously hit Emily's, but it looked much less damaged down in the ditch as well. The ambulance was loading a woman from the second car onto a gurney. She was crying and kept saying, I fell asleep, I fell asleep. Was anyone hurt? But perhaps the most horrifying part was that all of the other emergency response people and officers were fanned out in the gully and surrounding area in a clear search pattern looking for our bodies. <gasps> the emergency responders assumed that the car had been occupied and were looking for bodies from the car. Oh. Oh my God. We explained who we were and what happened and the much relieved emergency responders came to, up to speak with us. As far as I know, the woman from the other vehicle was okay. I often wondered what would have happened if we had stayed in the car or not hitchhiked with that stranger. Mm-hmm. It's chilling to think that we had probably just missed being smashed in that car by only about five or 10 minutes. And what are the chances that someone would fall asleep in the exact location of Emily's car? So fucking yeah. weird. So crazy. Then when listening to episode 329 of your podcast, I realized almost 30 years later that this was the time that the great Basin serial killer was in this area killing young women. Probably young women that he picked up on the side of the road. Oh, Something fuck. I did, I, I hadn't read this part. Something I did not know about until listening to your show. Wow, that really could have been different. We are so lucky that it was just a nice gentleman who wanted to help us out who stopped for us that day. Yeah, well, that's my story. Sorry it was so long. Thank you, lovely ladies, for all that you do. You mean more than I can say. Stay sexy and don't hitchhike unless absolutely necessary, question mark. <laughs> Love, Jen. Jen, that's almost like one of those, like, philosophical questions where it's yeah. like, do, do you pick this? Do you sit in a car on the side of the freeway yeah. and wait? Or do you take action? I will say, if you ever have to pull over on the on the side of the road, always keep your and you have to stay in your car. Always keep your seatbelt on. Oh, I learned that a long time ago from an accident I heard about. But keep your seatbelt on when you're like if you're waiting for a tow truck or whatever. But try not to pull over on the freeway ever. Yeah, roll your ass onto a freeway exit. It's better to fuck up your rims than it is to pull over on the freeway. That's right. You know when you're if you have a flat or whatever. 
That reminds me of that night that I ran over that piece of plastic when you and Vince oh, yeah. and I were coming home from somewhere. <laughs> that was fucking insane. And I was screaming at you guys not to pull over and neither of you would listen to me. <laughs> I know. It's true. <laughs> I was just where I was just like, what did I just hit? And then it was uh, like I in my mind it was going to drag and then catch on fire and blow us up. Yeah, it was definitely dragging. There's a lot of minuses for that one. Thank God Vince was there. Can you imagine if it was just you and I? Like, oh, no. Just immediately, it's all screaming in the car. Yeah. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. I'm not going to read you the subject line. Okay. Hey, y'all. Right to it. In 2002, I was in the second grade in a small elementary school in the rural South. My mom was queen of that elementary school PTO, (laughs) which is the parent-teacher organization. Hmm. And when they decided to host a magazine sales fundraiser, she was all period over period it, period. (laughs) Why was she so obsessed with this fundraiser, you ask? Because the student with the top sales per grade got to enter a money booth. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yes, for children. (laughs) She shamelessly peddled Real Simple and Southern Home and Garden for weeks. And finally, it was announced. I, parentheses, she had won. (laughs) Her her mom won the magazine drive for her because she loved that that prize so much. Not fair. It's how that shit is rigged when you're growing up and you have a mom that works and a mom that doesn't, can't participate in shit like that. Yeah. And you, you watch those like, super helicopter parents that get in there and they're just like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> Leanne won. And you're just like, fuck you. <laughs> anyway. Okay. I was small for my age. Three and a half feet tall in second grade to put it into perspective. <laughs> that's crazy. I don't know what that means. I mean, it's truly tiny. It's tiny, tiny. Okay. But I was coming to win. Oh, so the tiny baby is going into the money Aww. booth. <laughs> That's so cute. I was coming to win. My mom and I decided the following strategy. I would throw myself onto the floor of the booth, trapping bills below my body. (laughs) (laughs) Then I would take them down the neck of a men's large sweatshirt she bought me at the local Walmart. Oh my God, mom. (laughs) 
It was large to give me more space for cash. Yeah. yeah. We know. You don't have to explain that to us. Cut to the day of the money booth. I am pumped. We were in the very 1990s gym. You can smell it, 90s kids. <laughs> and I am called over to enter the booth. I stood confidently in the booth and threw my 40-pound tiny body over as much cash as possible. Our careful preparation ending up working, and I caught $75. Holy shit. Yes. I was a high roller, and when I got home, I asked my mom to take me to the grocery store so I could treat my sister to kid cuisine. Ah. I know. The rest of that money sustained my kid self for almost a year. I'm, <laughs> here's what's amazing. That mom busted ass yeah. and then let her kid keep that money. Totally. It wasn't some sort of like, and now you're going to buy the groceries for the right. next couple months. Or, that's what I was expecting. So it sustained my kid self for almost a year. I even got to purchase a set of blow pens with my winnings at the local Toys R Us. Oh. I don't know what that is. Hmm, I don't either. Blow pens. Is that when you when you had those little straws and you put some like almost like this gum at the end of it and you can blow them up but you got really lightheaded and dizzy? I can't imagine they sell those anymore. Oh, those were like those plastic balloons. Yeah. Remember those? And they smelled like glue. We were basically huffing glue. You were like absolutely huffing glue on those. <laughs> I wonder if that's what she means. I I think it's a thing that's like it you blow colors. Yeah. I think you're right. Out onto yeah. paper. But yeah. Not sure. Okay. 90s kids, let us know. Yeah. Long live the early 2000s and long live small towns where there's truly nothing to do. Anyway, that's it. Stay sexy and always ask your competitive mom to help you with your money booth strategy. Madison, she, her. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Madison. Nice, nice job. And congratulations. I mean, if you're listening and you have a, you should, at your next family event, yeah. holiday, slash holiday, slash whatever birthday party, please ask crowds of people, has anyone here been in a money booth? <laughs> you need to be our on the ground investigative journalists yeah. and find these money booth stories because people have been in them. Yeah. Eyes and ears, guys. We need you. Please do your homework. Okay. This is called STEM shenanigans, tomfoolery, escapades, and mischief. <laughs> I know how you love a good grandma, prank, or ghost story. Well, hold on to your butts because I have a three-in-one. <laughs> My grandma, Wilma or Willie, was known to have a mischievous streak, especially after raising six kids and countless grandkids. She was never above a practical joke. <laughs> One time she forgot the sugar in her famous lemon pie and casually watched as my mom grabbed a piece and took a giant bite. <laughs> but this isn't that story. In our small town, my grandma used to love walking around and planting flowers, some of which are still present around town today, despite her passing in the 90s. Oh. When I would visit, we would sometimes take a nice afternoon walk. One afternoon when I was young, our casual stroll led us past the local cemetery. Grandma told me a story of a traveling salesman who suddenly passed away in our town in the late 1800s, leaving only his satchel full of samples behind. Well, the story goes that no one knew how to reach his family about his passing, so he was buried in our local cemetery. A local sculptor, moved by this man who died alone, didn't want the stranger's grave to go unmarked, so he carved a realistic stone version of his suitcase to serve as his tombstone. Fortunately, the sculptor was much better at art than spelling. So the monument reads, here's where he stopped last, misspelling the word stopped. So there's only one P in stopped. <laughs> Grandma told us that this misspelling outraged the man's ghost and he would haunt the, the area surrounding the cemetery looking for the person who botched his headstone. 
In fact, there's a keyhole in the top of the suitcase tombstone. And if you yell, hey, what are you doing down there? Into the keyhole, you can hear him say, nothing. (laughs) Of course, being young, gullible, and not one to shy away from a ghost story, I decided to try it. I yelled into the keyhole and waited for my answer. Then it dawned on me. My grandma was behind me, giggling the whole time. Well, what did he say? She asked. Nothing, I said (laughs) in a somewhat disappointed tone. She got me. In reality, the man's name was James S. Jacobs and his death was neither suspicious nor mysterious. He lived in our town. He died in his home after a short illness in 1891 and was buried near his family who did not believe in putting up headstones. His family's graves are nearby but unmarked and his father is the one who commissioned the monument for his son. The tombstone has actually been featured in Ripley's Believe It or Not, multiple books, and travel guides. Stay sexy and prank your grandkids into learning how to spell Amanda. And then she included a picture with a of the grave. Oh, wow. Because so sorry, the grandma was lying entirely about the the whole thing. She made the entire story up. <laughs> the entire story up and then the nothing. <laughs> See, I, we've talked about this before. In my mind and in my world, mm-hmm. that is a, an expression of love. Somebody takes the time to prank you, to think it through, to be mm-hmm. like, you can see that grandma driving around by herself coming up with that yeah. and being like, this is going to be great. It's like teaching your kid how to use their imagination, but also not to get tricked. Yes. To bolo in life, you know, be on the lookout. Yeah. <laughs> Please bolo, children. Bolo. Always. Oh, that was it, right? That's our last one. That's it, yeah. A delightful packet of stories there. Yeah, thanks for writing in, everyone. Uh, appreciate appreciate your, your histories and your mysteries. Oh my God, what a mysterious and historical <laughs> mini-sode this has been. Hmm, truly. Stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? This has been an Exactly Right production. Our producer is Alejandra Keck. And this episode was engineered and mixed by Stephen Ray Morris. Stephen! Email your hometowns and fucking hoorays to myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. Goodbye. Follow My Favorite Murder on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase My Favorite Murder merch.